0: We're talking tonight about fighting fair. We don't like to think that as Christians, followers, disciples of Jesus, we fight, we fuss. But it is a reality. It's part of our lives. Sometimes we do it in relationships with friends, neighbors, members of the church. Sometimes, occasionally, you even hear about somebody who's married having a fight. I don't know where that comes from, but I guess it happens, so... This is something I hope, and I've I've reworked this thing a million times, and I've limited it tonight to 16, it could just as easily be 116 things, and when this lesson's done, I want to hear from you if you have any ideas that I could add to this, or any changes I could make, any particular passages of scripture that you think is apropos for uh, learning to fight fair. So, number one, some of these we'll look at the passages, some of them we won't, just depends. I want you to remember that Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers. There you go. You're hot on to it. And not, Blessed are the argument winners. That's from the Sermon on the Mount. And that, perhaps, is one of our problems. We think of arguments as something to either win or lose. That is not the way to think about a situation that arises where you might be having an argument. It's just a problem that needs to be resolved. There's no winner, there's no loser, unless you. Think of it in those terms. Number two, resolve the issue as quickly as possible. From Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, I think that's the text that says, Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Stay up all night and fight. (laughs) Something like that. I I like to say it that way. I saw it on a sign years ago, and I, I just can't get it out of my head. But that's where Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says... Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. He says, uh, be angry and do not sin. So you, you have an issue, take care of it, don't put it off. Number three, resolve the issue as privately as possible. Do it as quickly as you can and as privately as you can. There's a lot of these passages in Proverbs and this particular one is from chapter 12 at verse 16 and it says this a fool's anger is known at once but a prudent man conceals dishonor that many lies about it or hides it but he he just conceals it let's let's keep this on the down low you're going to have a fuss you're going to have a fight let it be only between the people that need to be in on it and keep it private don't you hate it when you're out in a public place and you see people arguing I do too number four Never argue in blank, public. Never argue in public or in front of children. Don't do it in front of children. Don't do it out in public in front of children. Don't do it at home in front of children. If there's a discussion that needs to be had about anything, go to a quiet place away from the kids, away from the public eye, and get that resolved. In James chapter 1, I'm I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong text. This is Matthew 18, 6. You may be familiar with this. I'm sure you are. It's where Jesus says, anybody who causes one of these little ones of mine to stumble, what would be better for them? Have a millstone tied around their neck and be thrown into the depths of the sea. So uh, if you're going to fuss, fuss privately, not in front of the kids. Number five, take time to... Calm down if you need to. If you're fired up and you're ready to fight, you need to take a walk. You need to go somewhere else for a little while and get away from it and then come back to it. James chapter 1 and verse 20 says, The wrath of man does not do what? The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. Even when you feel like you're justified in your wrath. And I'm sure none of us in here have ever felt like we were justified in our anger and then found out we were wrong. That just, I know that never happens. Got to be careful about that. Number six, turn down the volume. When you raise your voice, other things tend to be raised. And when we raise our voice, we tend to exaggerate things. And when you raise your voice, when you feel yourself raising your voice, that's an indication that your emotions are taking charge rather than your intellect. And if you're going to have a fight, let it be one that you have with somebody else on an intellectual level rather than on an emotional level. So turn down the volume. Proverbs 15.1 is a, is a passage that has stuck with me through the years. And This is what Solomon says. This is the imagery he gives us in Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer does what? Turns away wrath, turns away anger. Anger's coming at you, but if you remain calm and you answer it calmly, likelihood is you're going to be much more likely to diffuse an emotional situation. This other text with it, this is one of the few that has two. It might be the only one that has two. In chapter 25, verse 15, Solomon really gives us a picture of the power of a soft answer. He says, By forbearance, a ruler may be persuaded, and a soft tongue breaks the bone. A soft tongue breaks the bone. That tells us, Solomon is telling us through the Holy Spirit's inspiration to answer softly when you know you're right has power in it. You're not trying to break anybody's bones. That's not the point. (laughs) You might feel like that sometimes. But you're trying to get the problem resolved. And there is power in a soft response, a soft answer. So turn down the volume. Number seven, name calling or foul language. Just make things worse. There in Proverbs again, chapter 12, a lot of these are are close together. And I, I highly recommend, I do this a lot, read through Proverbs on a regular basis, especially young people, which I realize a, a lot of those are probably exhausted home in bed right now, but read through Proverbs on a regular basis because there's just some really good stuff in there to help you get, be guided through life. Proverbs twelve eighteen says this, There is one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So name-calling or foul language does make things worse, as if you were to stab somebody. That's what Solomon's talking about here. But once again, soft response, tongue of the wise brings healing, the very opposite. Number eight. Identify and address the blank. Identify and address the problem. If you're fighting, if you're upset, there's a problem somewhere, at least a perceived problem. That, that's great, isn't it? When you when you think there's trouble and you start researching it and looking into it and you find it's not really a problem. Just you thought something was a certain way. But that's, that's the thing. There's a problem. A person... Is not a problem. Remind yourself of that because probably all of us have one or two people in mind that would easily fit the description of a problem person. But the problem is behavior. That's the next blank. A person is not a problem, but behavior often is. It's what people say. It's what they do. And I know you're sometimes tempted uh, to say something about someone else as you're, you're a problem person. Well, it's not them, it's a behavior. And you can address that behavior. Don't call someone stupid, don't call someone an idiot. But if they're doing something that in your mind is stupid or idiotic, address that behavior and say, when, when you do this, it makes me feel like this. Let them know it's not them. It's what they do. And it's much easier to, to work something like that out if the person doesn't think your issue is with them, but rather with a behavior. Because we all do things, well, you all do things that irritate people not me. Yeah, right. And that's the way we like to think of it. But if I do something that irritates somebody and they let me know about it respectfully and in love, I, I can make some changes. It's pretty easy to do, but if I'm attacked, what do you what do you do when you're attacked? You go on defense mode and you're not thinking about making corrections in your behavior. You're just thinking about defending yourself against somebody else. And that is not what these situations are about. So, Proverbs 10, 11 and 12. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all transgressions. So many passages. I mean, when I thought about these things, every single one of them very quickly lent themselves to uh, application of Scripture. And this is a text that I think goes with this point very well. Do not exaggerate the facts. Number nine. Do not exaggerate the facts. When we use words like always or never, you always do this, you never do that, you always say this. You're exaggerating, and it doesn't help things. And when we exaggerate, we're playing fast and loose with the truth. And when we play fast and loose with the truth, whoever we're having the discussion with is not likely to trust us in things we say if they know we are exaggerating facts. So don't don't exaggerate. State things the way they are. You can even say something like, It seems to me that this is what's happening here. What do you think about that? Tell them what you're, what you're feeling. I know as a guy, I don't like to talk about my feelings, but sometimes it helps in a situation like this to say that this is what it feels like to me. When you say that, this is what it feels like to me when you do that. And you're not making any accusation of them. You're saying, this is how I feel when that happens. And you're not telling them that they're Well, you're not being ugly and hateful. You're just saying this is the way it is. And you're not exaggerating anything because you know how you feel when that happens. Proverbs 12, 17. He who speaks truth tells what is right, but a false witness deceit. And any time we exaggerate, we're, we're being false. Where are we here? Number 11. Oh, this is a good one. Ten? I didn't like that one, so we're going to skip over. (laughs) Ten. I missed ten. Go back to ten. This is a good one, too. Stay on the subject. Yes, when you're you're talking about something that's an issue, stay on the subject and address one problem at a time. Because what happens, if this is somebody that you relate to often... You may have the opportunity to say, this is just like last time when you did so-and-so and this. What about, the, what about you, when you when you do this over here? And you do? No, no, no. Let's talk about what happened this time. Let's resolve that. And then if there's something else, we can go talk about that later. But right now, stay on this subject. Something has happened. Something's been said. Something is perceived that needs to be resolved. Stay on that until you get that worked out. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and you might go to this and think, well, that's, Marty, that's a passage all about worship. Well, what better place to apply the principles of worship than in working out resolutions to problems between people? But here talking about worship, Paul writes this to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. He says, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints, God is is not an author of confusion, he's a God of peace, and he wants to bring peace, and sometimes peace is in our hands, if we'll just behave the way we should, we can bring about peace in relationships, just by applying some of the principles that he's teaching us that we're looking at tonight. So, stay on the subject, don't get scattered off into something else that brings confusion, and discuss that one thing until it's resolved. And then you can move on to something else. One problem at a time. And then verse 40, right there in the same chapter. All things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. Now in the context, he's talking about worship. When you get together for worship, don't be doing a bunch of crazy stuff. God's not the author of confusion, but of peace. Let everything be done in an orderly manner. So, there you go. It's the same way in resolving an issue when you're having a fuss. Now, number 11. We're good to go on to 11? Okay, number 11. Work as hard to understand the other person's viewpoint as you do to make yourself understood. When you're in the middle of some kind of a fuss and the other person is talking, what do some people, I won't say you do this, but what do some people do while the other person's talking? You're formulating a response. That's a dumb thing to do. Because if they're talking, what do you need to be doing? Listening. Listening does not validate their point. Listening helps you understand their point. Listening helps you see the clarity of whether or not you're evaluating their perception right or wrong. You, you might not be understanding them at all. And if neither one of you is listening, nothing's ever going to be resolved. You've got to listen. And if you'll put as much energy, as much effort into listening when you're having a fuss, as you do into making yourself expressed, it'll help things a lot. By the way, if you're formulating a response and you're not listening, you have no idea what you're responding to. It's a whole lot more effective if you listen, so when you respond, you can know what you're talking about and what you're trying to address. So put some energy into listening. That just helps so much across the board. Number 12, Be what do you think is in there? Be honest. If somebody said honest, that's the one. Be honest with yourself and the other person. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple indeed, stay with my words. And if you stay with my words, you'll know the truth. And the truth will do what? It'll make you free. If you want to be free, if you want to get involved in in an argument or a fuss, because sometimes you just have to, there's no way around it, stick with the truth, be honest. Remember, this is not about who wins. This is not about who is right, it is about What is right? If you're trying to make yourself look right, rather than get to the facts, you're you're missing the point. Be honest with yourself and be honest with the other person. Number 13, behave as if God is watching or listening. Why should you behave that way? Because he is. In Matthew 18, and this is a text... about discipline in the church. Jesus is saying, if somebody sins against you, you take it to them privately, by the way, just you and him. That gets back to the the point about privacy. And if he hears you, you have gained your brother. If he doesn't hear you, what do you do? Jesus said, you go get a couple of witnesses and you go back. And then if it's not resolved, what do you do? You take it to the church. And if they don't hear the church, He says, let them be to you like a publican and a sinner, not a Republican or a Democrat. Well, maybe that's a good analogy, though, because you couldn't say independent because all the independents are really nice people, don't you know? (laughs) Let him be to you as as a heathen or a tax collector. And then Jesus says this, where two or three are gathered together in my name, what's he say? There I am in your midst. He's talking about discipline in the church, and he says, When you have to discipline someone in the church, I want you to rest assured I'm going to be with you. And that's what arguing is. You're trying to bring about some discipline to a way of thinking that is right, into a way of behavior that's right. And I believe when we're trying to work something out with someone else that we're at odds with, I think Jesus is there. He wants peace, He wants us to practice peace. He says that the peacemakers are blessed because they are what? They're going to be called the children of God. And if that's what you're doing, he's he's going to be there. All right, number 14. Absolutely refuse to take anything personally. Just don't do it. If you refuse to be offended, that's what's wrong in our culture today. Everybody's offended at everything. You've got a plastic straw. How dare you ruin our environment? You plastic straw people. Yeah. People are just offended, and, and it's crazy. It's nuts. If, if you and I will refuse to be offended, it not only helps us in our relationships, but it brings you a lot more peace in life. It's just the way it works. Refuse to be offended. Now, I didn't put a scripture there. What did I put? You read through the Gospels. Jesus is is confronted and contradicted and demeaned and defamed and lied about on almost every page of the Gospels where he's interacting with people. And he never seems to get upset or take anything personally. When it mentions anger, what was he angry about? He was angry about self-righteousness not his own but others and he was trying to straighten them out he did not seem to take things personally at all and if he didn't probably pretty good practice for us number 15 this is from 1 Corinthians 13:5 so that might be a clue if you're familiar with that passage do not blank blank do not keep score Do not keep score. This gets back to this idea of having an argument and there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. And I'm going to come out on top on this one because last time I lost, I had to give in and admit that I was wrong. Not this time, buddy. This one I'm because I know last time I lost, this time I'm going to win. And if you're listening to that and thinking that's pretty a dumb way to look at it, then you're right on target. That's a dumb way to look at things. Love That's what 1 Corinthians 13.5 says. Love does not keep any record of wrong. If there's a fuss, don't worry about how the last one turned out. If there's something to fuss over, worry about getting this one resolved according to what's right. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and what? And his righteousness, seek that first. In arguments, in fusses, in disputes, we ought to be seeking the righteousness of God first all the time. And if that's what we are doing at heart, I fully believe God will bless that all the time. Number 16, always show respect for the other person. Because it's so easy to use talking down to somebody as a weapon. Oh, you just think you're right all the time. And it's not even the words, it's, it's the inflection, it's the way you say things. Don't do that. Just, just don't do that. Show respect to one another all the time. And that will make a huge difference in, in, in your ability to get things worked out. Because the less emotion you have involved, the more passionate you are about truth, about understanding, about fairness, about listening, the more passion you have for all the things that are right... The less passion you have to feel about the wrong things. I want to hear from you. If you've got some tips for fighting <clears throat> that you think would would be good added to this lesson, well, we could probably do this for three or four hours. Just fill in blanks all night long, don't you think? Well, this is a lesson tonight. Uh, this isn't your typical gospel lesson But I I think it's good news that God provides the wisdom for us so we can work out some of our disputes that we have. And that's what God did with us. He made peace. That's what Paul writes about in Ephesians chapter 2. How through Jesus Christ, God made peace with us. And in making peace with us, he made peace between us, uh, between the Jews and the Gentiles. He broke down the middle wall of partition brought them together as he brought them to himself and so that's what we have in Christ if you don't have that peace then what we've talked about here is really kind of pointless you've got to have peace with God before everything else falls into place so if you uh, need to talk to somebody about making peace with God tonight we are here for you that's what we want to talk to you about let's stand and sing the invitation song together